Hello, and welcome to season two, episode 51 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. Today, we are talking about why SEO is a long-term strategy, and we have a special guest joining us today from Yay Local. Justin Herring will be talking to us and sharing his expertise on SEO and local reviews and Google remarketing and how everything makes a difference to your SEO campaign. But first, if you just stumbled upon us and you are new around here, I am Sarah, an account manager here at 21 Handshake. And I'm Ashley, account manager here at 21 Handshake. My name is Alex. I'm in charge of visual content. Again, we thank you for joining us to listen today. This podcast is for anybody, whether you're a business owner or you're in marketing and you want to learn more about how to up your marketing game. We hope that you take away some tips from our episodes and we really um, just enjoy you listening. So thanks again. So before we dive in today's topic on how long it takes for SEO to work on your website, we have a news segment for you, our social media news, just to bring everyone up to date, whether you didn't catch some of these updates or not last week, um, we'll just provide them to you. So Ashley, tell us a little bit about Facebook Messenger. They're testing things again. And what are they testing now? Yeah. So reports um, have come out that Facebook Messenger is testing a new feature, um, a mute feature for Facebook Messenger. Oh. Um, and it actually is being tested right now on Android phones. Oh, really? Interesting that they didn't pick iPhone. I know. Um, Yeah, so it appears currently as a remind me in an hour button, um, and it will mute all incoming messages and come back in an hour. Um, We don't know if they're going to add other options for longer um, or what, but that's, that's the the news. And I think that's important for marketers as we are looking to connect with customers on Messenger to remember that they can snooze you and then how that will affect even you contacting them, um, that there could be a delay in that process now. So again, I think Facebook is putting privacy and control back into the user's hand. But then also as marketers, we need to think how are we going to use that to not our advantage, but just how we use that in our communication strategy. Or even just acknowledging it, like if you're tracking response times, oh, you yeah. know, knowing that that might play a factor. Yeah, that does bring up an interesting question that Facebook does track that response time. So I wonder if that will be changing down the line as well. So we'll definitely keep people updated on that. And Alex, another piece of news here that we just found was fascinating between ourselves. Some video news from social media today on a Facebook study that they did regarding video. Yeah, and they they did this study based off of um, 9 million uploads uh, to the video platform on Facebook. So just to give you kind of a crash course on some of the statistics that... Uh, they discovered. Um, so one of the, the the first thing was kind of the emergence of vertical video, and it's kind of like, well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's kind of to be expected. Um, but so they have this fascinating graph that shows the distribution of video formats over time, and it's essentially it's just a line graph for the three types of video: so landscape, vertical, and square. And what's interesting when you look at it, you see that um, square and and horizontal and vertical were at dead zero 
um, at or almost at dead zero in 2014. And then they kind of like they start trending upwards over time. Um, and it's to the point now where vertical has actually overtaken landscape videos in really? terms of total upload that on Facebook. Surprising. Wow. Now yeah. that's just Facebook only. That's not YouTube or any other platforms. Correct. Okay. Um, so that's 47% for vertical, 42% for horizontal and 11% for square. Wow, that is interesting. I'd be curious to see those metrics and how they are diverse among each platform. Yeah, I think I think you know with YouTube, it'd obviously be much more biased towards yeah. towards landscape. Um, mm-hmm. But that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting. Then that Facebook and Instagram being so tied close together, that Instagram on their IGTV just said, "Hey, let's try landscape." I don't know. <laughs> I I think it's like every platform seems to be adopting the one. Or trying to adopt the the format that they do not yet have. Right. So, you know, what was it like a year ago, Facebook said that now you can finally upload vertical format stuff to, or no, sorry, YouTube said that you can upload right. vertical native content now, but Instagram has always been more vertical and now they're saying you can go horizontal. Everybody's Let's just, just testing. pick one and stick with it. <laughs> I know, right? It's like <laughs> all these options is almost a little too confusing. But right. I guess we do want to point out, though, that if you're going to Facebook, that probably vertical might be the way to go. Yeah. So a couple other stats that I'm going to tell you guys about from this is that um, video length seemed to not have a strong relevance on Facebook. Whoa, which is crazy because we just talked about how on YouTube that does make a difference a while back four pages with less than 10,000 fans specifically <laughs> um so they have this the columns broken down to less than one minute one to two minutes two to five five to ten ten to twenty um and the average engagement rate um for those videos was very kind of even the, the lowest one was 0. 0.68 um uh engagements uh for for a video less than one minute and it was the highest was 0.89 for videos of the length of two to five minutes, hmm. which was interesting. interesting. That so, is interesting. so engagements um, divided by views. Right. Yeah. So we're definitely going to post this study in our show notes as there are some just great insights to glean from there if you're doing a lot of video on Facebook. Yeah. And it's, it's also a very visual uh, article. So there are a lot of really good graphs on here that kind of help you better understand what exactly they're saying with all these statistics. Right. So again, if you are doing video on Facebook, this is some great research to, to look at and um, take stock of and maybe adjust your strategy. So our last little update for today is Google's core update. Now, I didn't even know this was coming, but maybe I just didn't pay that much close attention. But um, I think in reality, they did update it uh, or they announced it which is just rare for google to announce that they're going to be doing an update they announced it only a few days before it actually took place but a core update if you recall like the penguin update or the panda update those all had specific like backlinks um or they had a specific focus a core update is just kind of affects everything and they don't really tell you what specifically that they're updating in the algorithm. It just can affect any and all. Now, some bigger sites are coming forward, um, big news sites and saying, oh, it it way affected us. But other sites are saying they didn't notice. Um, Google's just saying, hey, we did have a core update. 
if you don't want your rankings to collapse, really make sure that your content is offering users the best possible content. So again, they're coming back to quality content, quality content, and that is what Google is telling us. And we'll definitely stay on top of this as other sites come forward. And even as we look at our own clients' websites and see how the core update is affecting them. But again, Google has said it, make sure your content is great. They always preach that, but they are saying that through the core update, as this algorithm changes, make sure you're offering users the best quality content that you can. Awesome. So, so I actually have one more thing that I wanted to mention um, that was kind of along the lines of what you guys were talking about with privacy and the whole Facebook thing from the, um, the article that Ashley mentioned. Oh, yeah. So last week was also the Worldwide Developer Conference for Apple. Oh, they do it yearly okay, yeah. and they have, that's kind of where they announce all their new like massive software changes that they're going to okay. be making. And something that they introduced, which I thought was fascinating in there, because Apple's sort of, of kind of like the big software companies, probably the most uh, respected in terms of like privacy yes. of their users. Um, and what they announced was that they're going to have like a single sign in via Apple thing. So sometimes when you like sign up for a new account for a website, you can say like log in with Google or yeah. log in with Facebook. They're introducing their own, um, that is called sign in with Apple. Um, and what they're going to do instead of having like when you do that sign in to a new website, instead of Apple giving that website, your email address, they are giving they're kind of putting an email address between you and them that's automatically, that's like uh, random generated. Oh, interesting. So that they don't have access to your personal information. So they act kind of as a relay system. That's fascinating. Because that was, I think, the bulk of the problem is with that Facebook data privacy, anyone using sign-in with Facebook on an external website, that gives that external website all of your Facebook information, or, you know, to some extent. Right, and so, the ad platform, that's how you get targeted ads yep. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So just another company taking another big step towards this privacy thing that we seem to be going back Yeah, back and I can actually now. see users being a big fan of that. But, you know, the on the flip side of that, um, for the companies that want to implement that, you know, they're going to be much less incentivized to have that as an option on their website because they're like, well, I can't get your information then. So I'm just going to offer the Facebook and the Google sign-in. Right, so, yeah. Very curious to see how that plays out. Oh, yeah. I could see lots of Apple users, so definitely taking advantage of that for sure, <laughs> as I we all be. nod in agreement. So, well, perfect. Well, <clears throat> Excuse me. That is our social media news update and in general digital marketing update. And now we will move into our interview with Justin Herring from Yeah Local and talking about why SEO is a long term strategy. All right. Well, today we have a guest with us, Justin from Yay Local, and he's going to talk to us about how long it takes for SEO to work. And we're going to pick his brain, his expertise on SEO and how reviews play into that equation as well. So, Justin, welcome to the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm the owner, founder, whatever you want to call it, of uh, Yeah Local. We're a uh, boutique agency in Atlanta, uh, and we deal with you know B two B local clients mostly, and also national clients as well. A lot of times on that B two B side, but uh, I've been doing this since SEO. Well, SEO probably two, since 2007. Been running this agency since 2014. But uh, the reason I kind of got into it was I had 
previously been, um, I had another business where I had hired, you know, a ton of different agencies, uh, spent, I don't know, 30 plus thousand dollars on SEO and marketing and all kinds of stuff. And I never got, you know, the results I was looking for. So started basically just learning it myself and finally realized that I, I liked doing it and, uh, was just wanting to get, you know, kind of the, the BS of all the other companies out there that kind of promise stuff and never, nothing ever happens. We wanted to actually be able to deliver results. So we started the agency and kind of, that's our thing where we don't have contracts, you know, we get results and you know, if if we don't think we're going to do it, then we don't take you on. So, um, so that's kind of what we've been doing, been doing it for, what is it now? Almost five years. Um, got a good amount of clients and, uh, just having fun with it. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, it feels like you often hear about that from business owners that, you know, they go out and they try to do the SEO or, or, you know, they hire somebody and they just get burned in the process. And, um, so I think that's really cool that you kind of took that as a business owner and you're like, I'm just going to learn this myself. And now Mm -hmm. you're bringing that expertise of what you've learned to others. That's really cool to see. And obviously, um, really cool to hear that your agency is growing and everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting to hear too, because, it can be unfortunately a common practice in the marketing industries. SEO is such this like unknown and like mysterious, um, like something, you know, you need as a business, but not quite sure how it works. So you just like outsource it to the quote unquote professionals. And so, um, yeah, it can be easy to be taken advantage of. And so I I love your principles. Um, that's really, yeah, it's, it's, um, and we go, go, that's the number one thing we go up against is just that people realistically don't know what the other company's doing or if they're doing anything. And most of the time, if they're not a good, you know, if they're an okay company, they're usually not doing enough to get results. And it's, you know, it's sad, but true. Right. So that's a good segue into kind of a first question I had for you is when you're talking with a potential client, they come to you, what, what do they often think that that means SEO? Yeah. So, so our main thing is we, we do kind of a real quick, um, phone call with any potential client, like realistically five to 10 minutes. And, you know, we go in and just ask them a couple quick questions, uh, as far as, you know, uh, you know, what do they do? First of all, what their business does. Um, and a lot of times they, they know that they need to be found. So basically what their, what their idea is, they need to be found on Google. Cause that's where people are searching. And so mm-hmm. SEO is basically getting them to be found on Google for the search terms that they want to, um, you know, they, they think their prospects are searching for. So that's kind of what they think SEO is. Now, all the other stuff that gets them there, they don't really have a whole lot of clue. They probably, the only thing they know is what they just talked to the last five agencies about. Right, um, yeah. You know, We've ran into that before. Them, well, yeah. so-and-so said. <laughs> yeah, that told them that they need to just, we're going to, you know, change a couple things on your site and we'll get you ranking and da-da-da. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's, it's hard to get with them. That's why we, we have a quick phone call and mostly we're asking how old their domain name is or how old their domain age is, you know, what they're trying to rank for. Um, you know, if they've been doing SEO, how long, you know, how long it's been going on. And we can kind of tell within about five minutes, realistically, how long it's going to take. Um, right. You know, just, just by knowing that. Yeah. And you mentioned, 
that people often say, you know, well, I want to rank for this keyword and such. And we run into that too. And I'm always thinking, oh, but you do understand that like Google is indexing your whole site and what you mm-hmm. think you're ranking for might not actually be the truth of what's happening. So how do you handle that when someone comes to you and says, I want to rank for this keyword? And you're just thinking, oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you just got to set kind of realistic expectations. Like if, if, you know, they come to us and let's just say they've had their site for a couple of years. Um, and you know, that term that they're trying to rank for, they're on page five, maybe. Okay. Um, then that could be a realistic goal to say, Hey, look, yeah, we can get you probably up there. It's not going to happen this month. Um, you're all, you're on the board, but realistically, depending on how hard it is, like if it's a national term and they're trying to go after something that somebody on the first page has, you know, huge authority website, then, you know, you got to just tell them like, look, this is this is not going to happen anytime soon. I mean, it's going to take years. How do people uh, then, respond to that? Like when, when you say that, I'm curious, like, when, well, are they when like, that, uh. I mean, you just got to tell them the truth. I mean, right. the problem is if, if you take them on and you tell them that you can do that, then you, they're going to be not be too happy within about a couple months. So you just pull it back and say, look, that's a pretty big keyword. Here's, here's 10 to 15 others that look like you can rank for them they don't have as high a search volume but it's a lot more dialed in so like a lot of times they'll these people will be going after you know these base keywords that have just huge search volume but maybe are are just people looking for you know it's kind of like somebody saying hey I want to rank for SEO. Well, that's a pretty broad term. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. uh, Moz has already got you covered there. (laughs) Why don't we dial that in a little bit and, and, you know, get you ranking for something that's, you know, five words or six words long and, you know, and kind of just give them some options and say, look, we can get you to show up for this probably in three, four, five months, you know, uh, and, and then it also depends on what they're, what they're, um, what they're selling. And if it's, you know, if it's if it's worth ten thousand dollars for one purchase, then that's you know that's that's could be an easy you know an easy thing to do. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get them out of thinking outside of the box of the niche that they're in. So, for example, say they're a metal fabrication business, and mm-hmm. you say, well, you know, it might be better off to rank for maybe a piece of machinery you have, yep. and to yep. start with that because people are also searching for that. But um, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, so like the general population, everyone's very um, short term. And so trying to explain that SEO takes a long time um, can sometimes I think like be frustrating for the client. So I'm curious if you have any um, immediate or short term tactics that you would recommend or at least something um, that you could see ROI pretty quickly. Yeah. So we try, like we try to not take on clients that are just like starting their website or just starting out. Um, we can, and we will, but we will preface that with, you are not going to see, you will not see results until the, you know, you're not going to get a phone call. You're not going to get a sale for at least six months. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Doesn't matter if we throw the whole book and, you know, bucket at it. Um, so that would be the preface on somebody who's just starting a website, just starting out. You know, sometimes we'll even tell them like, "Look, you just gotta. It's just time, man. You just gotta sit there." Now, if it's if it's a company that's been around for a while, maybe they've even had SEO done. 
we will go in and we'll look and see exactly what search terms are ranking for now or what pages they're showing up for. And we can usually we can see some pretty quick wins on some of the pages or some of the blog posts, you know, in some of these mm-hmm. companies where we can get them to show up pretty quick for those terms. Usually we like to have something in there where we can get them to show up within like a month or two for those terms. Um, because even if you tell them, it doesn't matter how many times you tell them it's going to take, you know, three months, four months, five months, six months, they're still at the end of the first month, they're still thinking you're, you're the same, you know, company as these other guys, you're going to rip them off. Um, I don't know why this just happens. (laughs) So, (laughs) so if you can get somebody, we try to see something where if we can get them some results and we, you know, again, we'll look and just see where they're ranking and then we can go in and tweak the, you know, titles, uh, the descriptions, some of the content on that page. And then within that first month, usually get them a couple good high authority guest posts to that either blog post or page and get that ranking. And if we can get just one good you know, if we can get a couple phone calls or purchases or something in there that first month, basically it makes our life and their life a lot easier from then on out. They, you know, can trust you. They understand what's going on and, right. uh, yeah. you know, it just makes it easier. Yeah, I think you bring up content and that is a huge piece, I, I believe, of the SEO campaign. And um, so tell us a little more about that. Like, do clients or do you think most people that you talk to about SEO really understand that the content on their website affects how they're ranking? Kind of, sort of. They're still, they're almost, they're like three years behind all us marketing people. Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> where they think, so they heard, you know, a couple years ago that if you post a bunch of blogs, then you're going to rank higher. So most of the time we'll look at it and the blogs are like 300 words and they're just like horrible. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Barely cover a topic. It's just like, you just, you're just like, oh my gosh, we just need to delete all these. Um, so they have an understanding that yes, they need to do it, but they're not, they're not, they're not comprehending that these blogs, first of all, can help them show up in Google. Second of all, these blogs need to help them in their sales process. So they need to be something that they can send out to their potential clients. Um, and basically they, a lot of times we just have to go in and either we will no index a lot of the blogs that they already have, or we'll redo some of them. But again, business to business blogs are really almost the worst ones because they, they, (laughs) they are usually, sorry, we're laughing because we ran into this. Half of them are a press release or they're talking about themselves or it's something that you're just like, this is horrible. Yes. Uh, Oh, man. (laughs) So you just got to go in. Do they understand it? Kind of, sort of. They're again, they're still trying to get there. They're always, you know, uh, they're always wanting to know, you know, how is their, you know, SDRs and all these people are going to get the the sales. They're more worried about that than the actual um, high level uh, bringing people into the funnel a lot of times. Oh, that that's so true, because it's like they often forget that if you do it right, if you set up your SEO right, you set up your website right, that can actually be another salesperson for you. But they still so much the mentality of in a traditional B2B. But it's my outside sales guys who are out there hitting the road, making the calls, making the cold calls. And you're like, oh, but wait, in this day and age. Totally. I know, I know. Yeah, in this day and age. So, Justin, there was something that interesting that you mentioned there at the beginning of that last statement. Um, 
you said something about taking things out and I'm, I'm kind of going a little bit off script here, but I think most people think that they need to do more for SEO to work better or like add mm-hmm. things. Are there ever situations where you need to take things out like certain blog posts that, or, or, or things on the site that might be like detracting from the SEO? Yes. Uh, I mean, I had an example of a, uh, commercial real estate firm that just, I mean, it was the last month, month or two ago. They probably had, I don't know, 70 or 80 blogs that we just went in and more or less no indexed or deleted, uh, meaning we made it so that Google could not crawl them because they were just, they were, they're, they're more or less worthless. Um, they, they were not telling, they were kind of like these people were thinking it was kind of cool if they talked about quotes or something that had nothing to do with their business. And, um, so it was kind of telling Google nothing, nothing about the website, nothing. It wasn't helping an actual prospect who got there. So we just either deleted them or took them off. And again, that's something where it's, and then we just started writing new blogs for them. And so it's just something where if it's not helping either the user or your potential prospect or something, then it's just, you might as well just take it off. It's just taking up space on your website, doing you more harm than good. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of saying, okay, you're more about this than what you really want to be about. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you'll go in and you'll see what they're showing up for. And if you start seeing just random terms that have nothing to do with the website, you then look in there and you go, well, yeah, you're showing up for this cause you're blogging about it. But again, it's never going to convert anything. Yeah, and you'll probably see a high bounce rate too. Right, yeah. yeah. And I think you just hit the nail on the head there. If you are seeing terms that are so unrelatable to your business show up, then it's time to change your method there. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. (laughs) So, Justin, what about Google PPC? Mm -hmm. Um, Can that help SEO? Uh, What about other social ads? You know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn ads. Yep. Um, so can it help SEO? I can't say that it has actually helped SEO per se. Um, we've ran some tests. We haven't actually seen that, you know, running paper or pay-per-click campaign through Google, they somehow rank you higher. Um, what we usually do is this. So if, if let's say we, we're talking with a client and they're showing up on page two, like, like number 18 for a good term that we know would generate some business. If we can see that term and we can see them that they're going to be able to probably get up on that first page within, you know, a couple months, then we'll just say, look, let's just spend your budget on SEO because we're going to be able to get you up there quickly. Um, and so it's going to be your best results because SEO is going to generate better leads. If, if it's something where, like I talked before, where let's just say it's a client who just started a website, their domain, and we know that this is going to take a long time on the SEO side, but they're, they're willing to do it, but they do also want leads soon, then, you know, we, we will run a pay-per-click campaign on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that can help them generate business pretty quickly. But you just, again, you got to be realistic on that as well. You're going to need a certain amount of clicks and depending on how many clicks that that is, you're going to have a certain budget you got to spend. Um, and so yes, you can definitely do it in face. Same thing with Facebook. It's, It's kind of just how quickly do you want your leads and what type of leads do you want is really what it is. Gotcha. So if when we're talking about, you know, I'm putting in air quotes, like the short term version of SEO, um, if, if your clients want to see something 
more rapidly, understanding that the SEO game takes a long time, you yep. might pursue the path of, of Google PPC or other social ads. It's almost like you're supplementing um, the organic SEO with the paid. Yeah. So I always supplement it. So we can, I can, I mean, I can tell you just by looking at this for every, let's say every 30 SEO calls with the same amount of money, we, we generate probably one pay-per-click call. And that's not because we're bad at pay-per-click. It's just the nature of the beast mm -hmm. of how we can rank for so many terms and, and just the, when people, for some reason, when people find you organically, it just converts better. Um, so it's, it's uh, true. Now we do mm -hmm. do the, the one thing that we do suggest constantly and that we do do for our clients is that we tell them to run remarketing ads um, for, you know, on Facebook or on Google. We do say to do that from day one, starting, you know, on any SEO campaign, just because it's it's super cheap and it's just it's just a smart thing to do because you're you're 90 percent of the traffic that comes to the site is probably not going to convert. And there's not a whole lot that you can I mean, there's just not a whole lot that you can do besides you know, you're only going to convert a certain amount. Oh, that's so true. And it still amazes me so much when we talk with people and they're like, oh, I don't even have Google Analytics on my site. And you're like, what? That's like, yeah, exactly. oh my gosh, that's immediate. We got to go do that right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've yeah. got to know that traffic. Because like you said, that organic traffic is just a lot more better. It's a lot more qualified that's coming to your site. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So our next question is regarding maps, map listings on Google, um, mm -hmm. and in general, the Google My Business area. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of businesses probably run into, you know, like, oh crap, my Google map listing is not working for me. There are a whole bunch of negative complaints on there, and that's when it gets yep. on people's radars um, versus being proactive about it. Yep. So talk to us a little bit about how you treat um, Google map listings and maybe kind of from both sides of the proactive and reactive sides of things. So we do see this heavily in the B2B side where they have not either claimed their Google, my business listing or the Google, whatever you want to call it, Google local listing. Um, they, or they have claimed it, but it's, it's dormant and there's like two or three bad reviews from ex employees or something on there. Um, so they're not managing it correctly. So the way we look at it is this, if a lot of these terms now, even on the B2B side, when somebody's searching some of these terms, depending on what it is, a maps listing will show up, um, just for, because you're in the area or you're searching in the area. Sometimes right. they'll show a maps listing for a B2B term. Um, and so what you want to do is you, you gotta be able to show up. And then when you show up, you need to have, you know, reviews, you gotta look good. Uh, so our main thing is like, that's the number one thing we do is go in and we're gonna, we're going to either claim that listing, optimize it, get it looking, you know, as pretty as possible. Uh, and we'll do it for Bing and Apple maps and, and, uh, Google, they don't need to do a whole lot of other stuff for the local listings. I mean, you can just to be out there, but they don't have to do a whole lot. But then we say, we tell them like, look, what what would you do if you were about to purchase something that costs twenty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars? Would you not go? Would you not go Google that company? And they're like, yeah. And I say, well, what happens when you Google your company? What do you think comes up? Your Google <laughs> <Yeah>. list. <laughs> so <Okay>. true. <laughs> 
And so when they when they Google their company and they pull up their Google listing and their rating is uh, 3.2, I mean, how how easy is that to the person just going to be like, I'm yeah, I'm not buying from them. Um, so we kind of go through that and show them that and say, look, when somebody Googles your company, you need to make it so that this is a a no brainer like sales you know, situation where they're just like, yeah, I mean, look at all these reviews. These guys got to be great. Okay. This was just the last icing on the, you know, cake of me making the decision. So something interesting you mentioned there was, um, Apple maps and Bing as well. I feel like every, most people are always kind of Google is more top of mind than, yep. um, those other platforms. Are those something that you, I mean, do you put most of the time into Google and then make sure the other platforms are kind of up to date and accurate or how does that kind of like break down? Yeah, so we just we put ninety nine percent of the time into Google. Um, gotcha. We just make sure that those are set. Same kind of thing. We make sure they're set up. They have all the descriptions, all the data. Because the, the issue is this: is is any a lot of these uh, businesses um, that are you know in the enterprise space or you know somewhere in that they will get computers that already have like Bing on them or um, you know Microsoft Edge or whatever. And so what happens is just their default browser could be Bing right. or their default browser could be Safari or something. So you just want to make sure that you're there. Um, are we going in and doing SEO on those? No, you just want to make sure you're there uh, in case, you know, that, that does happen. There was an interesting statistic I saw not that long ago and it was, um, it, it surprised me how much Bing gets used, but then they explained that the reason for that being was what you just said was that because yep. that's the default browser for some people on Correct. their computer or like the default homepage. So that's interesting. Yeah. Like it's been said, like a lot of, uh, if you're going after, you know, people 50 or 50 or 60 and above Bing is going to be your best option because they will just use that default browser that gets loaded on their, uh, PC. So true. And I think even us in the marketing space, we forget about that. And we're just like, what, like <laughs> what browser are you using? And we just are like, that's so foreign, but you're right. And a lot of these B2B industries, there are an older generation and you need to be mindful of what, the, what they're yeah. using. You'll even see some of them with internet Explorer too. Which oh is yes. Almost <laughs> yes. You're just kind of cringing, but at the same time, like, okay, well, we'll try to help you here. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So if you were to give us some final SEO tips for a local B2B business, what, what would they be? Just the number one thing would just be in uh, people just don't get this is is it's you've got to understand that SEO is a time thing. It's kind of like uh, when you're investing in the stock market. Yeah. Uh, it just compounds over time. You can't expect that. We tell people if you're going in and you're going to do SEO, this needs to be a long term play. You need to understand that you are going to be doing this for years. And if that's not in your, you know, if that's not in your marketing budget or what you're thinking, then just don't do it at all um, is what I would tell people. And then just beyond that is, you know, just go after go after the stuff that you're already almost showing up for or that you're you're close to showing up for instead of some of those bigger keywords. So work with a company that can show you, you know, some of your top, you know, top 10 pages that are on the second, third, fourth page and work on going after those, even though they might not be your biggest, you know, search terms, just so you can get some quick wins. So kind of pick that low hanging fruit first. Yep, exactly. Perfect. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about SEO and how long it takes your site to rank. If listeners wanted to find out more about you, where would they look? 
So they can go to our website at yeah, yeah-local.com. Or they can also uh, go over to LinkedIn and just uh, connect with me over there. It's Justin Herring, H-E-R-R-I-N-G. And those are going to be the two best places. Perfect. So, yeah, local.com. And we'll make sure to post that in our show notes. Well, thanks again for having us on. And, yeah, thank you for yeah, sharing all your you, knowledge you with us. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Did you like this episode? Hint, of course you did. Then please like us, rate us, and share it with a friend. It really does help our podcast get found. Thanks again for listening.